0: We are what we eat. Can changing our diet lower blood pressure? You are listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinicians Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, and joining me today is Dr. Lou Wong. Dr. Wong is the instructor in medicine at Harvard Medical School. She is the Associate Epidemiologist in the Division of Preventive Medicine at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. Dr. Wong and her colleagues have published a series of papers looking at different nutrients in the diet and the incidence of hypertension. And today we're going to talk to Dr. Wong about some of this research. Dr. Wong, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, thank you for uh, having me into this program, and I'm glad to be here discussing some of our study findings.
0: Well, I know that patients are very interested in the nutrients that they eat, and many patients feel that what they eat can lead to disease or can prevent disease. We're going to talk specifically about uh, hypertension, and if we just look back in history before we talk specifically about uh, your studies, has there been a general consensus that what we eat can affect our blood pressure?
1: Yes. The current national guidelines for hypertension prevention has actually focused on non-pharmacological approaches, including the weight control, uh, physical activity, moderate alcohol consumption, and diet. The dietary intervention has been proved to effectively reduce blood pressure in both normotensive and hypertensive subjects. And in a lot of investigators and clinicians have been aware of the landmark study, the dietary approaches to stop hypertension trial, the DASH trial. It demonstrated the combination diet rich in uh, fruit and vegetable and low-fat dairy products, low in total and saturated fat could effectively reduce blood pressure in subjects with and without hypertension.
0: Now, I know a lot of clinicians express some frustration about trying to give dietary advice to patients. The DASH diet approach that you talked about was an experimental study. Is it possible to reproduce that type of diet for our patients?
1: we can see from the diet, the study, actually, the combination diet, which is considered a very healthy diet, is well-received by the participants. But the trial is only a short-term feeding study, so it remains to be investigated whether the long-term dietary intervention could have the long-term both promote adherence of the participants and the long-term blood pressure effect.
0: Now, you mentioned the diet was a well-balanced, broad diet, but did it not also include a sodium component? And is sodium important in the diet for hypertension?
1: For the original DASH trial, they uh, keep the sodium intake the same in the three different dietary assignments, but in follow-up studies, the subsequent study still using the combination diet in the DASH trial have demonstrated that sodium control will further reduce blood pressure on top of the effect achieved by the combination diet.
0: So in other words, you needed the combination diet in addition to then lowering sodium. So it's not just sodium restriction, it's sodium restriction in a milieu of a good combination diet. Yes. Now this leads, of course, to some of your studies. What led your group to look at some of these other dietary components and the incidence of hypertension?
1: The DASH trial is a good example to demonstrate a strong cumulative effect of multiple food and nutrients on blood pressure, but the study was not originally designed to identify the effects of specific components in the diet. Therefore, recently we conducted a series of studies to investigate the intake of specific food groups and items in association with hypertension risk in a large cohort of middle-aged and older women.
0: So tell me a little bit about the cohort of women that you studied. These were a broad section of the American population that you studied?
1: Our study is called a Women's Health Study. It's a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled factorial trial and that was originally designed to evaluate the risk and benefits of uh, low-dose aspirin and vitamin E in the primary prevention of cardiovascular disease and cancer. So the study participants were female U.S. health professionals. They were aged older than 45 years, and they were free of cardiovascular disease and cancer at beginning of the study.
0: So none of these women also had hypertension at the beginning of the study?
1: Certain amount of them do have hypertension at the baseline, but they were free from cardiovascular disease and cancer. And in our analysis, to investigate the primary prevention of hypertension, we excluded participants with hypertension at the baseline, only focused on people with normal blood pressure.
0: Now, the exclusion of patients with hypertension, is this self-reported hypertension from the women, or were all of these women seen and had measured blood pressures?
1: We use self-reported information to classify whether these participants are hypertensive or not. But this self-reported information has been validated in similar health professional cohorts.
0: So it sounds like this population was a well-informed population. You said that they were women professionals, so they would have a higher likelihood of knowing if they had hypertension than maybe the general population
1: as possible.
0: Now, one of the studies that uh, you and your group published uh, was in the Journal of Hypertension this year. It's called Meat Intake and the Risk of Hypertension in Middle-Aged and Older Women. Can you tell us a little bit about this study and how meat had an impact on blood pressure?
1: In this study, we investigated the association of uh, total red meat intake, different types of red meat, and poultry intake in a population of over twenty. 8,000 women Health Study participants, and the dietary intake information was collected from the food frequency questionnaire. The total meat intake was calculated as some of the individual food items, including the beef, lamb, and pork as a main dish or mixed dish, hamburgers, hot dogs, bacon, and other processed meats, such as sausage or bologna. And we also divided the total red meat into unprocessed red meat and processed red meat. And we adjusted for no hypertension risk factors in our analysis and found women who consume highest quintile of red meat had 13% higher risk of hypertension compared to those in the lowest quintile. We also used functional cut points to categorize these participants. So women who consume more than one and a half servings of per day total red meat had actually a 35% higher hypertension risk compared to those who consume no red meat at all. And this association was similar for processed and unprocessed red meat, but we did not find the similar association between the poultry intake and the risk of hypertension.
0: If you are just joining us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, and I'm speaking with Dr. Lu Wong. We are discussing some of her recent studies on nutrient intake and the incidence of hypertension. So you mentioned that red meat, especially high amounts of red meat, seems to be associated with the development of hypertension, but poultry is not. So it's the type of meat that these women ate that uh, was associated with high blood pressure?
1: Yes, we consider there are multiple nutrients in the red meat that could be responsible for his effect on blood pressure the red meat is a major source of saturated fat, cholesterol and heme iron, and animal proteins. And in our study, we found that the intake of these nutrients were positively associated with increased risk of hypertension. Um, so these nutrient factors, particularly the saturated fat and heme iron, may explain the increased hypertension risk among the women who consume a large amount of red meat.
0: Is there a threshold effect in In other words, is there a minimal amount of red meat intake that seems to be safe, that is not associated with increased pressure?
1: We found a significant association in the women who have consumed the largest amount of red meat, but the increased association was also significant even when the participants just consume more than none, but less than 0.5 servings per day. So even a small amount of red meat could put the participants at a relatively higher risk of hypertension.
0: So it sounds like we would have to have red meat only once every other day to be below that threshold. Is that about what it is?
1: We would suggest that the uh, red meat intake keep it to be the minimal.
0: Now, you also studied the intake of grains and the risk of hypertension, this was in the Journal, American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Can you describe a little bit about that study and what that showed?
1: In that study, we investigated the intake of whole and refined grain in association with the hypertension risk in women health study participants. The whole grain foods included dark bread, whole grain breakfast cereal, cooked oatmeal, wheat germ, brown rice, and other grains. And the refined grain included like sweet rolls, cakes, desserts, white bread, muffins, biscuits, refined grain breakfast cereal. Then in this study, we found women who consume highest quintile of whole grain had 11% lower risk of hypertension compared to those in the lowest quintile. We also conducted analysis using the functional card points. We found women who consume more than four servings per day of whole grain had a 23% lower risk of hypertension compared to those who consume less than uh, half serving per day. But in contrast, the refined grain intake was not associated with the risk of hypertension.
0: So when you say whole grains versus refined grains, the highly processed foods, the Wonder Bread-type foods are not as beneficial, are not associated with the reduction in hypertension? Yes. So in putting all of this research together, the association between grains, the association between meat, the association between sodium and dairy products— Are you able to come up with a general recommendation for an individual's diet to try to help prevent hypertension?
1: The diet trial actually give a very good example of the healthy diet. It has demonstrated a diet with more food and vegetables and more whole grains and more low-fat dairy products with less amount of red meat, sugar snack and sweets will be effectively reduce blood pressure. And this healthy diet should contain a high level of minerals including potassium, magnesium, calcium and and should be low in saturated fat, cholesterol, and sodium. And we still want to emphasize the adoption of this healthy dietary pattern should complement with other uh, healthy lifestyles, including the weight control, smoking cessation, and physical activity, and the moderate alcohol consumption.
0: Well, I want to thank Dr. Wong, who has been our guest. We have been discussing her recent uh, research with her group on looking at different nutrients in the diet, such as whole and refined grains, meat intake and dairy intake, and the incidence of hypertension. Her research has supported current guidelines. Now we just need to figure out ways of getting our patients to abide by those guidelines. I am Dr. Matthew Sorrentino. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. To comment or listen to our full library of podcasts, visit us at reachmd.com. Register with the promo code RADIO and receive six months free streaming for your home or your office. And thank you for listening.